welcome guys this is ayush talks and we are having jim smiley today on the show and you know what we all hear about him so many times is none other than jim smiley so welcome jim what is going on my man amazing man i'm i'm really excited to have you here and i really appreciate that you have taken out time to you know for my show of course man i'm excited to be here for sure man i wouldn't miss it i'm blessed okay <laughs> so uh, yeah let's uh, start this show So James would you like to introduce yourself to my audience? Yeah man, no, I appreciate it. Uh James Smiley, I consider myself a pretty normal dude who works yeah. pretty hard, hustles. Um uh I was a part of IPOing a software company in my 20s. Um did uh 210 million dollars in sales before I was 35. Um did 20 to 20 million dollar businesses before I was 35. um coached hundreds of executives and thousands of solopreneurs and uh to be honest I'm just a normal dude man who wakes up every day uh puts his pants on just like anyone else and pours milk in the cereal bowl like everyone else uh just yeah. just to have a hustle and a in a in a drive and just want to help people and you know serve people okay got it and see, you know what james my talk, my talk and my show is all about rituals and self love so what are your daily rituals rituals so um so i'm very big on rituals routines those kind of things so um number one i think like the morning is like kind of your foundation to your day and and being finding out how to be successful day to day is how you become a successful person like you can't try to be successful every week or every year like you have to find like at least mini success every single day and so i think like having a routine of some sort is how all successful people become successful um you know success doesn't just like happen over a year just randomly like um and so um what i personally do is um I wake up so uh, <laughs> so funny. I'm one of the 80% of of people in the world who like checks their cell phone before they get out of bed. <laughs> so okay. um so um you know like I think um I'm barely a millennial like just like a couple months into being a millennial actually so I'm kind of like in between maybe not maybe in but um but I kind of grew up I think younger than my age so um but I definitely identify with millennials. So Um but yeah I think like millennials like we we definitely are into technology and we grew up like you know like like my kids grow up like having a shoe up on their head pretending like it's a cell phone like you you know when I was when I was 10 years old we we didn't do that like there there was there you know there wasn't cell phones when I was 10 so um so I think like technology is around us so it's like a normal thing to wake up and check your phone um and so 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 one thing i do is uh, number one i check my phone to make sure there isn't any fire drills going on if there is i put somebody on it or or say okay in the next 2 hours i need to deal with this but i don't usually deal with it right away so that's one thing i do number two um i instantly turn on something motivational so i subscribe to youtube i think it's called platinum or premier or something like that i think it's like 10 dollars a month and i will tell you this is the most the life changing business changing revenue generating um like thing you could ever sign up for i have no affiliation to it <laughs> um but uh 
I don't make any money off of it, but you know, to be able to like play a YouTube video, play it in fast forward, uh, you know, turn your phone off, save it, save it to your phone, like all those kind of things is, is amazing. And so like, um, so I will like this morning, first thing I did was start listening to like a motivational thing. It's got like Eric Thomas, um, it had like, um, some pastor on there. It had like some, it had like, um, you know what I mean? It's just got like a looping of a whole bunch of different motivational people. But that's the first thing that starts going into my mind. It's like, you better get up. You better be a, this kind of person. You better start thinking like this. Like, and I haven't even got out of bed. And somebody's already yelling in my ear, like, you better, you know. And so, so that makes me get up. And it gives me motivation right away. And so I get up. And then um, I try to do like a quick routine in the bathroom. So I try not to spend a lot of time in the bathroom. Um, like in terms of like brushing teeth and just doing all that. So I try to do about 10 minutes in there. So I kind of like um, watch my clock. So I'm, this is very routine. So like I try to watch my clock and spend like 10 minutes in the bathroom. And then, um, uh, oh, so this is actually funny. It's funny you're asking about rituals because I, I never would share something like this. But <clears throat> I actually like put on cologne every single morning. And so that may seem weird because like I usually work from home. And, uh, and a lot of times, like, I'm just wearing like a normal t-shirt and shorts, you know, like I'm just like living entrepreneur life. Like I don't have to dress up or anything. So, um, so I'm usually wearing like flip flop shorts and a t-shirt. Well, like, um, but I put on like really expensive cologne. And the reason I do that is cause like, I don't know why, but I'm setting my environment. Like, and, and so it's not, everyone has to do this. I'm not saying you have to do this, like figure out what your cologne is or whatever, but it's like. Uh, it could be like a note you write yourself or it could be something you listen to or, or, or something you say to yourself or whatever. But like, for me, I, I try really hard to like set myself into a place where I'm going to start thinking, like thinking like above myself and thinking like, you know, I'm, I, 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 you know, like I'm one, I, I'm always trying to think like I'm a little bit better than I am. Like, that's how, you know, like you're a true entrepreneur It's like, you always think like you actually always in your head, you think you're a little bit ahead than you actually are. Right. You're a little bit delusional. And like, I'm actually like this good, but reality, you're like this good. And then when you get this good, you're like, Oh no, I'm this good. You know what I mean? Like you always think like that. And so um, for me, like putting on a, a really expensive cologne, it just like, I don't know what it is, but it makes me feel different and uh, it makes me feel a lot better. And it makes me, uh, so this, this sounds so cheesy. I probably sound a little bit like a girl, maybe. I don't know. Like, and I don't know if that's good or bad, but like, um, but I do that in like, <clears throat> like, so as I like go around the house, I, you know, obviously you smell it and I don't know. It just makes me feel like, 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 like a champion. It makes me feel like I'm operating my best. Like, I don't know. It's just something weird. Like, it's funny. I have actually never shared that. I don't think anybody, I, don't, I no, seriously I'm don't think anybody. I'm, I am really happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank, well <laughs> I share that because you asked. So, um, but I think like, that's just like something really small that I can do um, that, mm -hmm. that puts me on the next level, you know, for myself. Um, and then, uh, um, yeah. And then, so I try to do like a 10 minute workout every morning. So I have a gym in my house. Um, and, um, so <clears throat> instead of doing like an hour or whatever, I try to, um, do like a really quick circuit in, in 10 minutes. And, um, so it's actually like pretty surprising, like how, how, um, I just started doing this like a year ago, but it's pretty surprising, like how effective that is. And so, um, so anyway, um, 
so I do that. So, so that's all upstairs. Like, I guess I can like tilt my camera here a little bit. So that's all like upstairs in my house up there. So before I've even gone down, I've done all that. And then, um, so I try to spend 10 minutes in the bathroom, about 10 minutes working out. And, and then, so now I've come downstairs, this is about 30 minutes into my day and I've got the right mental attitude. I've already got a ton of ideas flying through my head because I'm listening to some, somebody, I don't even know who they are. And they're just like, if you want to live, you, you know, they're just like speaking some crazy motivational thing to me. And, um, and like, you know, so, and then, so, so I come down here and then I usually like focus on like really hydrating myself. So like, um, I usually, I drink water, I drink coffee. Um, I drink this, um, this like energy drink. That's like a healthy okay. energy drink. And so a lot of times I'll, I'll drink protein. And then a lot of times I'll have like one or two bananas. So like, <clears throat> um, that's what I do to kind of start my day. Like today I sat outside, um, it's sunny. <clears throat> so I sat outside like by my pool and stuff and just like, it's funny, it's winter time, but it's like warm in Texas a lot. So, um, okay. so I, I sat outside and just hung out, got some sun. And, and basically I started, I did a lot of like prayer meditation and just like thinking about like, um, okay, like all the stuff that I just went through. So I've probably spent 10 or 20 minutes in, in, the, in the kitchen, 20, 30 minutes upstairs. So I'm maybe an hour into the day or less, but I've got a lot of ideas already floating through my head about new stuff, new idea, new content, you know, like I'm feeling good. My energy's super high. Like um, I'm not dragging cause I put the right stuff into my body. And so um, my mental state is like instantly peaked cause of what I put into my body. I drink this green juice. Um, I buy these, it's called daily greens. You can get it here in America. Like <clears throat> it's like pure green juice. Um, and so like I drink that. And so anyway, like I've got all this like good stuff in my body first uh-huh. thing in the morning. And then that just like sets your brain on fire. Like your brain is just like alive, you know? So I, and to be honest, like I'm, I usually like totally drag in the morning, like, like, you know, 20 years of my 39 year life. Like I've pretty much like been dead all morning long. Um, but I've noticed like, if you can't be in a peak mental state, you just can't like your chances of doing good work is so you're highly vulnerable if you're not in a peak mental state, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, so yeah, so I just like wrote a bunch of notes this morning and I try to do that every morning where like, I'll write, I try to, what I'm really trying to do is write a piece of content that I can either shoot a video on post or, but I'm going to multicast that out. So like usually before the first two hours of the day, I've got all that stuff in, I've got prayer, meditation, whatever you want to call it. And I've got a really good post that when I go out and post it, it's going to like start a fire out there, you know? And so <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, that's what I do. That's a big ritual. That's cool. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. So you know what? We all know we hear about so much about you, you know, 210 million in sales, consulted, you know, three out of 10 fortune companies, a lot more, right? You know, 1.7 million B2B webinar and all that. But you know, like a lot of more things, but who is the real James Mike? Dude, you, 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 okay, bro. For being 20, 19 years old, you have the good questions. I do. A, I did. I think we did like eighty three or eighty four podcasts last year on other people's shows. But th- those are good questions. Okay, I love that question. Um, <clears throat> who is the real James Smiley, bro? Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I'm gonna be totally honest. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I, I like ever like. Like, you know, like I, I'm discovering James Smiley every day. 
just being real. Exactly. Like most, you know what I mean? Like most people don't want to admit that. I'm freaking trying to figure out James Smiley every single day. You know, like, like <clears throat> I, I, I kind of know, but who I really, really am, dude, it's a lifelong discovery, you know, like, um, <clears throat> but like, but I think that's a part of knowing James is like, is like, or knowing yourself, whoever you guys are, is like, you know, knowing that like, like you're, you're like, the moment you stop trying to figure out who you are is the moment you're dying, you know, like, um, <clears throat> so, I mean, um, I'm a lot more of a thinker and I'm, you know, really big into philosophy and psychology. Um, and that's why I've been good at sales and sales copy and stuff is cause I understand it's like a more of a mental game. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a big deal guy. Like I'm into like doing deals, working deals, cutting deals, you know, um, it's funny. Like I can, I can, I can, you know, like there's been people who come into my coaching program and they, they want me to build them a sales funnel or help them, you know, build a funnel online. And then I'll, I'll take somebody they know and somebody else that they know. So two people they already know, and I'll show them like, Hey man, here's how you make 500 grand a year. Just working with those two people. You know what I mean? Like just piggybacking off something that someone else already does, you know? And so I'm like, dude, I like, I think online sales is cool, but screw the online sales. You need to make that 500 grand and then go start your sales funnel, you know? Um, so I'm really big into leverage. I talk about the word leverage a lot. Um, cause leverage is, is really acceleration. It's the ultimate shortcut is, is understanding leverage. And like, um, the reason I'm on this call with you is because of leverage. Like, you know, it's a way for me to spend an hour or 45 minutes or whatever it is. And instead of reaching 20 people, I can reach hundreds of people. And I can also reach hundreds of thousands of people that I would have never reached. You know what I mean? And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm really, really big into leverage. Um, and, you know, leverage can be a little bit, a lot of people use it to, to manipulate people. Um, I think when you're really good at leverage, you're good at creating balanced leverage. So I want people to leverage me and what I do. That's why I'm on the show, right? I'm going to drop a lot of really good stuff. I'm going to share legit stuff. So you guys are leveraging me. People watch your show because they want to leverage the information that you have and that I have. And I'm on the show because I want to talk to them and help them. So, you know, so that's, that's balanced fair. leverage. Yeah. Okay. So like, I, I want to know more about uh, leverage. So would you give more examples and ideas about leverage? Like if somebody wants to start leveraging, how they can. Yeah. Yeah. So leverage is one of those things that like, if, if, if a school, if a, if a university or college taught leverage, um, it would change the life of every single young person that, that taught that learned it because I don't think there's anything more, um, I honestly don't think there's anything more important to teach a young person than how to create leverage. So, um, <clears throat> and somebody taught it to me, but I took it to a whole nother level. Like somebody said, dude, James, in, like, okay, you got to go to five sales meetings uh, a week. Well, why don't you leverage someone else who's already going to a sales meeting? And why don't you piggyback off of them and so they've already booked the call. They already have the relationship. Why don't you tag along with them? Um, and then they can like, like they can get you introduced 
And now presenting and selling your stuff, you like, you've already gone through the 90% of the hard stuff, which is getting the meeting, building the relationship, being trusted, getting yourself in the room. Like that's the hardest thing in, in B2B sales and face-to-face sales is like, how do you get your face in front of people to even present your stuff? And so um, like, I always, like I wanted to be in a sales role where I was what's called an overlay. So I was selling, so like whatever I sold, other people under me could make money off of it. And if I was in that situation, like, that that's where I could create leverage. Cause like now if, cause if, if you were a sales rep and you, let's say you sold like computers and I sold software. Well, like if, but if you made money off of my sales too, then I would just court you yeah. and all the people like you and be like, Hey dude, you're already going to go there and sell computers, right? Well, why don't we sell them software too? You're going to make, you're going to make double the money. You're already in the meeting. And by the way, having two people talking to a CEO is better than one don't you feel more confident when there's two of us there than one? So why don't we go together? You know what I mean? And so like, it, it was a win-win. Like you were, you'd make money. You, you would know, you would learn all the stuff I know. And then what's funny is I would, I would sell to your clients so many times that you would start pitching my stuff without even me being there because you realize you're going to make the same amount of money. And sometimes it's easier for you to pitch it and sell it than to even call me and get me scheduled, find out my calendar. You know what I mean? It's like you would just pitch it yourself. And so this is this, like, what, so that's actually how I learned leverage was I was doing it in sales. But then I realized like with the advent of technology, <clears throat> you can leverage everything. So you can leverage. So that was like leveraging other people's meetings. Right. Exactly. So I started, exactly. started realizing this, I call it like OPX, other people's anything, infinity, other people's data, other people's podcasts, other people's audience, other people's knowledge, other people's experience. Um, like if, if somebody really wants to go make money, like in the next, you know, 30 days and they have, you know, no following, no, nothing. The fastest way to do it is, is finding something to leverage, you know? So like, um, like, okay. Like one of my buddies, um, one of my buddies, Colton, he, um, he's a partner in one of my businesses and, um, um, you know, he, he wanted to create an additional stream of income. And I was like, well, why don't you do something that, um, that, you know, is, is not necessarily exactly in the, in the like online space. But I I told him like, well, he, he actually, he was telling me about all these ideas he had and he brought up like, um, reselling Airbnbs. And I was like, dude, this is a great idea because that's a great business because number one, you don't even have to have any credit to resell Airbnbs. Like, um, and so anyway, I don't want to go into that whole business model, but I told him like, dude, like you can go get these leases and then Airbnb those homes. Like you just go on the rental market and and Airbnb those homes and not everybody wants to do it, but you can find one in 10 or one in 20 people or one in one in five people who want to do it. And, and so it's just like anything in sales, you can't sell to everybody, but you will always find somebody who wants to buy. And all of a sudden, like, like I didn't even know. So I, so I told him, I was like, yeah, man, that's a good idea. And he, he started learning about it. Well, he took a class on it and stuff like that. Next thing you know, he's like three or four Airbnbs. And so it's, it's leveraged income where like he's making money off of like like thousands of dollars per Airbnb and it's just coming in monthly and he hardly has to touch it. You know what I mean? And, um, and he's using other people's property, other people's rental. He's using Airbnb, which is somebody else's traffic 
Like, you know, Airbnb brings all the traffic, all, all the audience of people in, he just has to put the listing out there, you know? And so, um, people ask like, well, where's the leverage? The leverage is always in the trends. So like there will be a day when Airbnb is not as lucrative as it is now, but right now it is absolute fire. <laughs> like, um, yeah. you know, like, um, like, okay. Like I was telling people like a year ago two actually two years ago, like chat bots were going to be like absolute fire, super high levers, big trend. And, um, so like there, I helped like students and all these people like start companies, um, being a, a service, creating a service around chat bots, helping people create their own chat bot following. Well, now the, the trend is going away a little bit because the chat bots like Manny chat and these guys are getting restricted by Facebook. So like there was a thing that came out in January that, that started putting restrictions on like how much you can promote. There's another thing coming out in March. That's another restriction about how much you can promote. And sooner or later, that trend is going to be gone. <laughs> like, like it'll still be there, right? You can still use Manny chat and you can still get away with a little bit of stuff here and there, but it's not as wide open as it used to be. And so the leverage was there when the trend was really hot, right? Um, just like when I was sending email in 1999 and 2000, 2001, 2005, 2004, it's like, that all the leverage was there. Why, this is funny. Why, this is what I'll tell everybody. When people are making fun of it, when people are going, oh, yeah, TikTok's the stupidest thing ever. My customers aren't there. Oh, yeah, Facebook's for, for idiots, you know. Um, oh, it's like, um, no, there's people who are making millions of dollars, becoming millionaires, living the life of their dreams, doing that, you know. And so don't ever underestimate the trends. Don't ever, like, <clears throat> like, um, it's always funny to me when somebody's like, like, oh yeah, that's just the next new hot trend. And I'm like, that's like saying that's the next new thing that's creating a hundred millionaires and you could have been one of them. <laughs> like, what? why would you make fun of that? <laughs> you know? Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, um, and I'm not saying somebody has to catch every trend, but you know, if you, you can get on any trend and make money. And so this is one thing I learned consulting with Facebook Messenger, AT&T's Partner Exchange, which is the AT&T's Innovation Center, and some of these bigger companies, okay? They don't want to mess with the trends, okay? They're very aware that these things exist. They're super aware. Um, but so I remember, like, when we were running AT&T's Innovation Center here in Plano, in Texas, not that far from my house, um, I was like, hey, we need to get on this internet sales funnel trend. We need to start doing this. We need to start doing that. We need to, I even told them like, we need to get a ClickFunnels account. It was funny. Um, and um, so they were like, no, you know, these trends are too small. And I'm like, what do you mean they're too small? These are like, like our data shows, these are going to be like $100 million, a billion dollar industries. And they're like, yeah, it's too small. So um, what, what the CFO, this guy told me one time, he goes, he goes, James, if it doesn't have a B behind it for billion we don't play. Like, we don't even want to talk to talk about it. It's got to have billions of dollars behind it. Um, so like, so, so, so the big companies, they don't want to get a managed chat account. They don't want to do sales funnels. They don't want like they're, they're relying on their brand and all this other stuff. But guess who, guess who takes up those hundreds of millions or billions of dollars before the big companies come in? It's people like us. It's people like us who get on those trends, make that money, prove those use cases, serve clients, do all those things. And then, and then once we grow the industry big enough, then all the big players come in. So this is exactly what's happening right now with Facebook uh, ads is we have been profiting and having the most ridiculous returns forever. But now those profits are going to the big companies, to Coca-Cola, AT&T started a $44 million ad account, um, like all these people. 
um, all, you know, like the Super Bowl, like all, all these like politicians are putting like, like right now, uh, there's a huge political race in the US and Donald Trump has said that they're going to put a billion dollars in the Facebook ads, a um, billion dollars in the Facebook ads, a billion with a B. Okay. Like, so when Facebook is making a billion dollars off of one politician, they don't need us right? Now they're going to move the platform to serve those guys. And now it's getting a lot harder for people like us to run ads. But when you were a part of it in the beginning, you could crush it. All the leverage was there, right? And so um, this is one last thing that I'll, I'll share on this that we got, um, is this is one thing you have to know as an entrepreneur, okay? The lead entrepreneurs, I don't care if it's Russell Brunson, Tony Robbins, whoever, okay? The lead entrepreneurs, when everyone's running one way, they're not, they're going the opposite way. And this is what you have to know as an entrepreneur. Like when everyone, when, when somebody's creating FOMO, fear of missing out, or when someone's um, saying, oh, this is the big trend. Everyone's got to get this trophy. Everyone's got to move this way. Everyone's got to be like this. Everyone's got, there is no industry top influencer who is doing that. You know what I mean? Like no one giant is doing that. Now I'm not saying you couldn't go that way and, and make some money, but but you need to be the person who's creating that trend. You need to create that movement on your own. You need to create that, that momentum and those kind of things on your own. Like it's, so in a practical sense, when, when, when everyone's selling stocks, the rich people are buying them all. Okay. Like it was funny, like Bitcoin just went way down like three months ago. It was ridiculous. Like it went to like a record low in the last year. Well, everyone's bailing on it. Well, guess who's buying it? All the rich people. All the rich people are going, dude, 10,000, 20,000, 40,000, 200,000. They're buying it when it's low. Well, guess what? It's at record high now. So guess who just made all those profits? The rich people. So guess what? Now everybody's going, oh, I got to buy Bitcoin. So guess who's selling it? The rich people. You know? So that's what I'm saying is like, like okay, even if you're starting off with $20, you would rather, you, you would rather get in this mindset where I'm not buying Bitcoin right now. I'm going to wait till it crashes again. Then I'm going to buy it, right? Like you need to start thinking like that. You know, like when people go to conferences, it's actually, this is, I don't know why people do this, but 95% of the people who go to conferences, they know they're going to get pitched and sold and they're preparing themselves to run to the back of the room and, and buy something. But all the rich people are not doing that. I'm just, uh, you know what I mean? Like you never see like in our industry, you don't see Frank Kern. Uh, you don't see like all the industry experts like jogging to the back of the room. You never see that. Right. It's and And so like you, you've, you've got to, um, so th this is how you like create leverage for yourself instead of getting leverage, <laughs> you know, like, I got um, it. yeah. Yeah. I got it. Okay, so James, as we are discussing about sales and sales and sales, so uh, you know, my next question to you is how to create urgency when it comes to digital sales, especially. Okay, how to create urgency? So um, this is a good one. So, um, so n number one, people have to understand that urgency and scarcity is built into almost everything you buy. Okay, the fact that there are so many entrepreneurs and solopreneurs getting into business they start hearing this and sooner or later, I mean, I, I was just listening to a webinar yesterday, this, this lady, and it doesn't matter if she's a guy or a girl, but it just, just happened to be a lady. And she was like, I feel really icky when I'm like creating this urgency and it's fake. And I'm like, there's, I'm like, okay, number one, there's no such thing as real fake urgency. 
Like people use that phrase because they don't actually know. They, they've never seen what happens behind the scenes in a big company. But you, if, so if, if uh, this is what I would tell anybody, if you think like there's such a thing as fake urgency and then you go down to McDonald's and bought something because it said 99 cents, you're, you're totally, you're, you're like delusional <laughs> because almost everything you buy is some type of what you would determine as fake urgency. It's just urgency. It's not fake to me. It's just urgency. It's just scarcity, right? Like, like, um, like people, sh okay, it's proven psychologically, more people wake up and want to buy something than ever before in the history of the world. Commerce is through the roof. E-commerce is through the roof. Like people want to buy stuff, okay? But they don't want to pay full price. They want to get a good deal. They want to feel special. They don't want to buy, you know, nobody goes to the store saying, I want to buy what everyone else is buying. Like they want to buy it, but they want to get a better deal. They want it to look different or whatever. And so um, the smartest people know how to create that scarcity and urgency because it's what people want, <laughs> you know? Like, um, I just posted this thing the other day and it was like, it was, it said like, um, cheeseburger, 99 cents, cheeseburger and fries, five bucks, cheeseburger, fries and a drink, $5 and 90 cents. Okay. And I basically was showed that and it said like people, people talk about internet marketers or whatever and say, Oh man, this person's pricing is a scam. And then you go and buy a freaking value meal. I'm like, dude, you literally just bought the same damn psychology that you're calling someone else a scam. Like you literally don't even understand what you're talking about. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> so, um, okay. So I'll just say that, that number one, like people, people like, like think like, oh, well someone said they were going to close their cart and their cart's still open. Okay. Well, have you ever gone to the store and that shirt was supposed to be, you know, five bucks and it said tomorrow it's going to be 20 and then you show up a week later and guess what? It's five bucks again, but you still bought the shirt. I promise you, you did. Right. Have you ever gone to buy a car and somebody's like, Hey, that car is $20,000 and you go, well, I don't know. I'll come back. I'm not sure. The guy's like, well, dude, the price is going to go up. Probably the car may not be here, whatever. And you show up two weeks later, the car's there and guess what? It's cheaper than it was before. Cause they're trying to blow it out and get it off the lot. Like, but you don't go, oh, no, this is fake scarcity. I'm not buying. No, you buy the damn car. You buy the car because it's cheaper. It's still there. But the, you know what I'm saying? So, so like, 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 I'm just saying that, um, and I'm not trying to encourage people to be unethical or anything like that. I'm just saying that um, scarcity is a normal part of business. And if you don't create scarcity, if you don't find a way to get creative and create scarcity, you will not sell anything. I did consulting in the um, furniture space one time for a furniture store. Um, uh, it was actually this huge, uh, I'm under an NDA, but it was, it's like one of the top 10 furniture chains in, in the country. Okay. And so this is the, the craziest thing I learned about furniture, the furniture business in the U S it's a 100% scarcity game. Everything is a liquidation blowout. The stores going out of business, like mattresses are 50% off dressers are, or, or it's like, I've seen, I've seen um, signs that say dressers are 110% off. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm going to get paid to go buy a dresser. Like that's just, a, it's just a marketing thing to get you in the door. You know, that if you spend $10,000, they'll, they'll, they'll give you a free dresser plus 10 bucks or something like that. Like, um, so, but, but that doesn't stop people from going there and buying dressers and buying mattresses and all that stuff. That's where they buy it. And so, um, I just want, I want young marketers to understand that you have to build in scarcity. You shouldn't feel 
um, icky or anything like that, any of the words that I hear about it, if you feel that way, it's because you're going about it the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like you, you can be unethical in what you do, but, um, but yeah, I mean like, so, so anyway, so I will set the foundation with that and say, look, um, there's a lot of really creative ways to create scarcity and urgency, but, um, but some of the most common ones that are easy ones is like always make things limited um, or make bonuses or additional items limited. Um, and, um, you know, put it like putting a timeline limit on things is really important. Um, you know, um, I, I like to add a little bit more value. So to say like, Hey, um, this main offer is, is what most people are going to buy. But if you, if you want to get started now or get started earlier, be part of part of the first 20 or 200 or whatever, um, you're going to get this additional item, you know, those kind of things really help people. Um, mm -hmm. and, and urgency is important because at the end of the day, when you, when you've sold a lot, a lot of different industries, you start to understand like people who don't, don't sell that much or making their first six figures or the first million they they have cold feet about a ton of stuff. They, they're superstitious about stuff they don't need to be superstitious about. And everything's weird because it's new. Okay. And I was kind of like that when I was young. Um, but when you've sold in a lot of different industries, you really understand that like people want scarcity and they want urgency. <laughs> like that is what the market wants. Like people want to feel unique. Um, they don't want to go buy the same t-shirt and feel like it's the same t-shirt. They want to go, well, I got the t-shirt, but I got a deal on it. I mean, you know what I mean? How many times you've been at a party or you've been somewhere with family and they're like, Oh man, did you know that I got this discount? And you're like, yeah, dude, everyone got that discount, <laughs> you know, but people want to feel special, you know? And, um, and so there's nothing wrong with, with like helping them feel that way and doing a little more, giving a little more to make them feel that way, you know? Yeah. You know what? I feel that like, it's all about how to make them feel smart or special, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Be okay, and, and, and so, and so tr truly in, 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 in marketing, you have, if you're really going to be honest and authentic, you, you, people should realize your customer is special. Your customer is unique. And so by doing this, you're, you're, you're actually being more real and pure and honest than you are by treating them like they're everyone. They're like, they're one of many, you know? So it, it, it makes really good psychological sense to, to be really good at scarcity. It does. Got it. Got it. So you know what, James, I'm going to do rapid fire question round. So are you ready for that? It's going Let's to go. be fun. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So okay, first question is what is the ultimate solution to sales? Ultimate quality to success? No, 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 no. What is the ultimate solution to sales? To sales? Yeah. Clarity. Okay. Clarity for sure. What if is, you can be clear. If you can be clear, you don't have to know how to close, but if you can create clarity and what somebody's really doing on the phone, what are they really asking for? If you can create clarity, it, you, 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 I've, that's the first thing that we teach people is 99% of people do not even know why they're on the phone or why they're in the meeting. They, they don't, you know, they, they're excited about something or whatever, but man, if, if you can create clarity, um, they can sell themselves. They realize the need themselves. If you can create clarity. Okay. As I said that, so how do you prepare your mind before going on a call? The first thing that I try to do, and I did it right before this, um, I had a lot going on, um, and I sat down. And so right before I jumped on, I, I calmed myself 
I, I, I got, so this might seem kind of funny to people, but I, I closed my eyes and I imagined like all the people I try to actually see faces of people that I'm actually going to be able to help. And in th- this is the thing I've realized is people watch these shows because they really, really need help. Like they, there is a real person on the other end of this, you know? And so when you can really like realize that, I think your content and, and you want to give and you want to help and you like, you're not afraid to like share stuff and you know what I mean? Like sharing and talking just becomes more natural when you realize like, like there is sincerely somebody on the other end of this that <laughs> needs some help and that wants some guidance and we can help them, you know? So I, I try to take a second and envision those people and, and see them. Okay. So you visualize all the things that you are going to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool. Okay. So now we are going to talk about few things about business, you know, so we are, we have included a lot of rituals, you know, Sales, of course. Now uh, it's time to talk about funnels. Okay, I know it's a favorite, favorite, yeah, favorite topic, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 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 So I mean, uh, yeah. So my question is, uh, what are the new trends of the seven figure funnel? The new trends. Yeah. No, the no, newest no, trend. No, 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 no. The, uh, the, my question is, what are the nutrients of the seven figure funnel? What are the ingredients? What are the ingredients of it? Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's simple. It's, it's a clear understanding of, of, of three things. Who you're going after. Don't overcomplicate it with like avatars and all these like avatar checklists. And it's just like, dude, who, who are you trying to sell to? <laughs> okay, like you write it on a napkin. Who, who are you trying to sell to? Number one. Number two. What does that person want? So it's, it's funny, like in sales copy, most people talk about what they want. They talk about they have to offer their features, their functions, their benefits. My program does this, but dude, what, what does the other person want? You know, so that's the second thing. And the third thing is understanding what pain are they in? Because if you don't understand the pain, you're never going to get to really the motivation, their deepest motivation Right. And the pain is typically going to allow you to know like how to create scarcity to motivate them to, 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 to jump in and do your stuff. Um, and so those are, to me, those are the three essentials that you've got to have is you have to have super good clarity on who are you serving? And it's not everybody. It's not all entrepreneurs. It's like, who exactly are you serving? Um, you know, what do they, what do they really want? I mean, if you can't write down two or three things they want, you should not be selling it yet. Cause you, cause you're, you know, there is such a thing as a scam folks. Like, you know, like you don't want to be scamming people. You don't want to be misserving people. You probably should do it as a free trial or something until you really understand it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's who, who are you serving? What do they really want? And what, what's the biggest pain they're really going through? Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. And how to establish credibility credibility. So, uh, number one, if you don't have credibility and you want to sell something high ticket and be a rock star, get that out of your mind, everyone. Okay. Like that's a fantasy that I don't know who's selling you that, but that's a fantasy. Okay. Um, every single person who got into any kind of business, I don't care if they make six figures, a million or a billion, they all learned 
from one person, one client, one person who started with them. And that person they probably served for free or served at a big discount, helped them out, you know, and, and realized how to, how to actually add value and how to help this person, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, um, sorry, I'm getting a, what, what, what exactly was your question again? Uh, my question was like, uh, how to establish credibility. Credibility. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry, man. I got to like, <laughs> no, that distracted me. Um, so I, I think the, the, the number one thing is like, like I said, kind of what I said there, but also understanding that nobody starts out with credibility. So this is the thing that people are just like, like I've literally seen people comment and they're like, Hey James, what if I have no skills? I have no clients. I have no credibility. I have no social proof. How do I sell a thousand dollar product? The answer, you don't. You're a scam. <laughs> that's the answer. You, and that's not you, but I'm just saying to anybody thinking that, you're a scam. Like, don't be a scam, right? Like, it's not hard, but do the work, right? Like, go serve somebody. Get, get a little bit of credibility. Um, so, uh, number one, um, find somebody you can serve. Do the work for them and, and make sure they like it and get a testimony from them. And it's just normal human nature. One testimonial will become two, will become five, will become 20, will become a hundred, but you've got to work on the one, right? Just like I told you in the beginning of this, like I had to start off by knowing how to sell a freaking cell phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that allowed me to sell B2B and that allowed me to sell my mobile app to, to cell phone carriers for multi, for deals that were like $60 million deals. But it started with learning how to sell a cell phone, you know? So, um, so I would say that's the practical side. The other, now the other side of it is now there's the whole like kind of social internet marketer kind of like hacks. Okay. And I will say these work, but just be careful. So, uh, I would say be careful in this. Okay. But number one, um, it has been proven now so some people are going to, they're going to hate me for this or whatever. It's just cause they, they don't know enough about business. Okay. But like, it's been proven that like you can buy followers, buy likes, run ads to things, do those kind of things, build a following. And if you've got the money and, and to do that, you should do that if you can, because that does help. Okay. Um, and I will straight up tell people that like, I, I know people who are crushing it with huge multi-million dollar coaching programs and they, they flat out told people, yeah, dude, we bought our first 30,000 likes on our like page. They'll, they'll straight up tell you that. Now, here's the thing. Buying 30,000 likes ain't going to make, ain't going to get your business to run. You're not going to know how to coach people. You're not going to know how to help people. So at the end of the day, you still have to add value. But the fact that you, you know, bought those 30,000 or 10,000 or whatever, that, that's neither here nor there. That's, I mean, that's only going to get you so far, right? But it's, it's not going to, you're not going to blow up and, you know, I mean, you're not in a day where people are that stupid, where they're like, oh my God, 30,000 Facebook followers, this person must be a genius. Like, you know what I mean? You're not, we're not in that day anymore. People are smarter than that. So like, um, but does it help a little bit? Yeah, it does. It's proven that it does. Do you need to? No, you don't need to. You definitely don't need to. Uh, I would think for most people, you don't need to, it doesn't make a difference. Um, but, um, so for instance, um, like I've seen people who are like, they think it's so unethical to like buy followers. Okay. Well, but then they'll go run like ads on, on, you know, on Facebook and they think it's so much more ethical to run like ads versus like buy followers. And I'm like, dude, do you know, it's the same thing. 
you're literally like I can go and buy followers from from you know non-American countries and buy them at a quarter of a penny. So four followers is a penny, and yeah. you can do that running Facebook ads. And I've had people they're like, oh man, that's that's fine, but like you know, go into a software who's really doing the same thing. They're running another program that's targeting people. And um, anyway, so it's, so I will say like, there, there's a little bit of this, like, you know, how do you prop up things around you when you're starting out to give you a little bit of a launch pad? But honestly, I would be really careful. And because the, the lure, the false like reality there is people who are new, they think that that is real. Like they start drinking their own Kool-Aid on that. And, and they, I'm telling you that that's why your business can't get off the ground. And, and it's kind of a trap for most people, to be honest with you. Um, um, for instance, um, it's really big right now to like, um, <clears throat> you know, most people can go to like PR Newswire and for 400, 600, 800 bucks, they can get an, they can write their own article and get it on like a thousand or 500 different PR sites. Um, and then they, then they can honestly say, Hey, I've been featured on this and featured on this and featured on this. Okay. And then, so then people are getting smarter. So people are like, well, you know, I'm going to go to like Forbes and entrepreneur magazine and those kind of things. Well, I don't know if people understand this. Okay. There people are paying to get on Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine and all that stuff, just like they're paying to get on, on PR Newswire. Like they're just paying more money. <laughs> okay. So, um, so there's a little bit more scarcity around it cause you might have to pay 3000 or 5,000, but it's the same thing. Um, for instance, recently in the past year, um, me and some of my friends, Steve Larson, Josh, and a bunch of people, we, we've paid into a service actually together to get blue check marked on some of our social media pages. Like, and so, so what I'm saying is like, there are th ways to pay in. Um, and, and what people don't realize is most people paid in. Most people who have blue check marks are paid in. Like most so people it are. Work? So does it work? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. I mean, there's some validation, like with blue check, you can't just be like just anybody. Like you, you can't just literally pay your way in. You have to have like bestsellers and you have, there's a lot of things you, you have to have. Um, what was really interesting with Facebook is they ask questions like, um, have you ever had an online course that's been pirated? And so I was like, why would they ask that? And I started thinking, this is actually a good question because if you've never had a course pirated, that means you're number one, you're not that big. And number two, no one gives a rip because pirates are big now, right? So if you've never had a course pirated, you're actually not that big. Like, you know, like, like when you go on some pirate sites, you'll see like three of our courses to, you know, somebody else's stuff. And, um, but that's funny that they, they asked that because, that, that is proof that like, you know, that your stuff is in pretty high demand if, if a pirate wants to get a hold of it. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those kind of things all the way to something as simple as, so it's funny, like I've, I've seen people, they make fun of that and then, and then they go and pay five bucks on Fiverr to get somebody to create this, you know, Facebook banner that makes them look like a total rock star. And I'm like, dude, it's all the same stuff. It's marketing. It's people trying to, trying to, you know, make themselves, they're, they're, they're just being marketers. There's nothing wrong with all of that. Um, I think the most important thing at the end of the day is, can you actually have value? Like, are you talking about something that you can actually do? And you know what I mean? And that's the only thing that matters at the end of the day is, can you actually do what you're saying? You know what I mean? Like it's easy to get a Facebook banner and say, 
top, most in-demand uh, fitness coach in the world. Um, you change your profile and you blah, 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 and you go to, you know, YouTube and find good fitness content and you repost that as your, your own content on your Facebook page. And all of a sudden, you're looking like a guru. But I'm telling you this, guys, when you get on the phone with somebody or they start listening to your content, they're going to know if you're real or not. And that, at the end of the day, is the only reason your business is going to scale. Is one person will tell another person, will tell another person, will tell another person. And until you get that, what's called the network effect, where people are just talking about you, you're, you're, you're just not going to take off. You know, and yeah, you might be able to kind of slide your way in or scam your way into five or ten sales, but, but you know, you ain't, you ain't creating a lifestyle around five or ten sales, you know, so. Okay. Yeah. So, James, my next question is related to networking. As I love to meet new people, I love, I, you know, I'll almost talk to thousand people in, in a month. So, like, uh, how to network like a Casanova and how to network with the big people, how to reach out to them. Yeah, so this is one of the biggest leverage things of all time is knowing how to network with people. Number one, if you're a smart networker, um, you know how to approach somebody and, and give them something or tell them something that they want. And if you're, I don't, I don't know if I should say it like this, but if you're basically like a dumb networker, you approach people and ask what you want. Okay. And, and so a lot of people said like, dude, how do you have, how is Russell Brunson? Like one of your friends, he comments on your social media stuff. I don't really court him or, 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 you know, do any of that stuff, but how is he like your friend? And it's easy. It's because like, I've all, I like, I, I've paid a lot of attention to him. Um, I've listened to hundreds of his podcasts and I listened to it mostly to get into his mind and to realize how he thinks. And then um, when I got around him, I just started like telling him what I think he wants to hear and trying to help him in ways that he wants to be helped, you know? So um, like uh, for, for instance, I knew early on, like he was, he was building up Steve Larson. This is way before anyone knew who Steve was. And so I had Steve come to one of my events um, in Dallas and we, we, we flew him into one of our events. So he had to, this is, he had, he was an employee at, at, at ClickFunnels. He had to take time off. He has to ask Russell, Hey, can I go to James Smiley's event? Russell's like, who the hell is James Smiley? You know what I mean? Russell's like, this isn't Armin Moore. This isn't, well, this was like four or five years ago. So he's like, who is this guy? I was new into internet marketing. And so, um, but so not only did, did I have Steve come, but Steve, this is the first time he had ever pitched ever. He never pitched from stage. He was the first time he pitched was at my event. He closed 37% of the room. He made five figures instantly. And so he made about as much money at my event that he did the whole year on his ClickFunnels salary Oh my God. In, in, in one event. And so um, actually, actually, I'm trying to think of the, that might've been the second one. The first one, I think he made, he made good money. He definitely, I know for sure he, he, it was way over five figures, but um, yeah, actually that was the second one if, I, if I'm getting the dates right. But, um, but the first one, he did, he did make five figures, close 37% of the room. And um, I was sitting outside with him after the event and he, he was voxering back and forth with, with, with live with Russell. And I'm sitting right there and Russell's going, hey man, how was James' event? Did he have buyers in the room? You know, blah, blah, blah. And Steve was telling him all this good stuff. And Steve had a great report of who James Smiley was. And, you know, next thing you know, like Russell's looking me up. He's friend requesting me. He's doing all this stuff. And I saw, I ended up seeing him at another event. Um, I saw him at another event, uh, maybe like a week later and I was speaking at it and he was speaking at it. 
And, um, and so I, I don't know, I just walked up to him in the hallway and all these people were like bum rushing him and just like trying to get, you know, they're just, everyone's just trying to get something from him, pitching him and doing all this stuff. And I walked up to him and, um, uh, I'll never forget this. So the first time I actually talked to him, um, was uh, he, he, he knew who I was cause of Steve. And, um, and so he leans back out of this crowd, this whole crowd of people around him. He leans back to, 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 to catch me as I walk by. And so that, that's how much of a rapport we had. We had never talked, but he literally leaned back away from like 20 people to say hi to me. And uh, he stuck his, stuck his hand out and I stuck my hand out and I shook his hand and I just kind of gave him a bro hug. And I whispered in his ear, I said, Hey man, um, I just want to say thanks for having Steve come to my event. He absolutely crushed it. He did 37% of the room. He's going to be awesome. And I just want to say thanks for letting him come out and for letting him, you know, get away from work. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I really appreciate you doing that. And um, he, he, he looked back at me super sincere and he said, he said something like, um, thanks for helping him. Thanks for being there for him. And thanks for, for getting him going, you know, basically thanks for mentoring this guy. And, um, and that just started like this respect that we had for each other, you know, was, you know, and so I, I promise you like that night, the next day of all the relationships and people who messaged him and talked to him, he, he, him and I remembered that it was just a few seconds, you know, but also like I spoke to him in a different way. Everyone's, Hey Russell. Oh my God. You're my, I'm your biggest. But, but I was like up close, quiet, very calm, very still, right? Like totally different than everyone. And um, anyway, so th th these are like big networking hacks is like, you've got to figure out how to be different. You know, um, mm -hmm. I, I was in Vegas one time at the Venetian at this huge uh, C at CS and I was speaking at the same event that Gary Vaynerchuk was speaking at. This is before Gary was huge. Um, so Gary had, so to speak at CES, you have to pay like 200 grand. So Gary had paid, you know, obviously had paid the money and he was speaking at CES, the biggest tech show in, in America. It's like 200,000 people come to this event. People think like 4,000, 5,000, a lot of people. Well, there's 200,000 people come to CES. So it, and it goes over like a week and it's, it's insane. And so, um, I'm in the bathroom and all of a sudden there's no kidding. Gary Vaynerchuk walks up right next to me in the, in the toilet stall, right next to me. We're both standing right next to each other. I'm standing by Gary Vaynerchuk and you know, okay. So you can just imagine like this guy probably got completely bum rushed on his way in and now he's just trying to go. To the bathroom, right? So, and he has no idea who I am. And so um, I, I'm thinking, okay, think really quick. What can you say that, can change that, that can be memorable. And so, um, so, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't, hey man, oh my God, Gary Vaynerchuk's taking a leak right next to me. You know, I didn't go crazy. Right. Like, but so I just kind of like leaned my head over and I was like, I was like, Hey man, good speech today. I was like, you, you crushed it. And I said it real calm. And so he, he assumes that I must be somebody that I'm not bum rushing him, but I'm very aware of what he did. So like just the, the tone changes things a lot. Okay. That's one thing. Number two, um, I tried to say something smart and something intelligent. So I said, um, I, I can't remember. This was literally like 10 years ago, but I said something around cause mobile apps were big back then, like mobile technology, mobile software. So I said, like, um, I said, um, I said, Hey man, where do you, Oh, this is funny. I said, um, where do you think mobile, mobile apps? You know, I said, I, I was a part of IPO and Telenab. I said, where do you think mobile apps is, is, is going to go in relation to social media? 
Because he was there talking about social media, which he got laughed out of the room, literally, and then he was right. It was funny. He was literally right. All these people laughed at him, and he was was right. But um, he just said something like, mobile apps, mobile technology is is becoming a commodity. He goes, all the leverage is in social. And then he walked away. And I said, thanks. And and, And so guess what? I took that information, okay, just an idea. And literally shifted my entire business away from mobile apps and consulting on mobile to consulting on social. And this is when, so we got on the social trend in 2009 and literally by 2010, 2011, we were getting six figure deals, helping people with social media, content, email, blogs, all these kind of things. Um, it wasn't digital market like it is now. It was like blogs and videos and websites and you know, SEO and all that kind of stuff. Uh, email was huge, like, um, but like we literally had this massive shift in our company because of like 10, 10 words that Gary said to me, you know what I mean? And so like, whereas most people wouldn't have had an intelligent question to ask, had no value, w- would have just, you know, totally just said something totally fanboy or fangirl ish. Um, but like, you, you don't realize like sometimes when you're around somebody, like, you, you have the opportunity to literally do something that could change your business, change your life. You know, um, just to give a really quick example of this, um, there was recently a couple weeks ago where somebody asked me to go to their house. Okay. Well, number one, I don't go to anybody's house. Okay. I got too much things going on unless they're paying me or whatever. I don't go to anybody's house, but I told this person, I said, Hey man, I'll come to your house. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll help you with the business. I'll do all this stuff. Well, um, I was about to go to that person's house and then they, they totally bailed on me in the last minute. Okay. What they don't realize is the reason they're struggling is because they, they devalued what I was going to do for them. Like what I was going to go there and do was going to be something that could literally bring thousands of dollars into their company. And like somebody just completely like, and and I, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, um, you know, mad or, or I wasn't trying to be self-righteous about it, but I also realized like, I'm, you know, I'm not like two years into this. I'm not one of those guys and there's nothing wrong with this, but I'm not one of those guys like, yeah, I was like broke two years ago and now I'm rich. Like, you know what I mean? Like five years ago, I was building multi-million dollar companies for people like you. That's what I tell them. Like 10 years ago, I was building multi-million dollar companies for people like you. Like, like, you know, so I'm, I'm a little bit seasoned in this and I was like, I was like, I was, I was just thinking this to this person, like, and I didn't say anything and I'm not going to treat them different or anything, but I was just like, like, like this, this person had the opportunity to, to spend a couple hours and help me personally come over, tweak their website. I was going to write emails. I was going to do all this stuff. And yet like for, for whatever reason, it, 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 like just, I'm just saying like in general, people don't know how to capitalize on things like that. You know what I mean? They, they, they see somebody, they see Russell, they see whatever, and they think about themselves. They think about, you know, um, you know, they, they, they just, they don't know. They don't even know, like, how do they actually leverage this moment? You know, what is the way they can get the most leverage out of this moment? And I think all the best networkers and all the best business people, number one, all, all great business people are amazing networkers. But um, like I, I met Elon Musk one time, and we were at this party, this like VIP thing, and Elon Musk was there. 
And um, so I happened to be at a cocktail table and he was right there with us. There's like four of us, there's only four of us. And Elon Musk is right there. And he had, he had just started SpaceX and Elon Musk is right there. And so he goes, Hey man, what do you do? Cause a bunch of people were talking to me. He's like, what do you do? And I said, Oh man, I was like in mobile apps and stuff like that. And now I do consulting and social and stuff like that. And he goes, he goes, Oh, he goes, he goes, Oh, the social media thing. And he's kind of like laughing about it. And he's like, what does somebody like me need to do to, you know, to, to create a huge business or something on social media? And um, I gave him some advice and some tips. Okay. But here's the thing. What I realized is this is why this guy's rich. Okay. Is one, he doesn't know anything about social media. Two, he realized there was someone there who might, he didn't know, but might know something about it. And so he's going to leverage that moment. See, people don't, people think that like, you know, like rich people are just like, you know, they're like hooked up to some, I'm going to be rich tree or something. They're not. They just, they just think, you know, like they literally just use the brain a little bit better. And so they, they leverage moments like that. And I don't know what he ever did or what, whatever, but I, I, I couldn't believe like he asked me about that. Now he knew about mobile apps. He started PayPal. Like he knew a lot about mobile apps. So he didn't ask me that, but he asked me about social. And now was he going to take my advice? Was he going to go out and implement it? I don't know. But, but he was smart enough to say, this guy may know something that I don't. I have 10 seconds for two minutes. Let me ask him. Let me see what he knows. And I, I will tell you, I, I got away from that. When he walked away, I was like, this is why this guy's rich is See, some people would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe Elon Musk asked me a question. I, I, but, see, I'm living outside the matrix. That's what you say when you're inside the matrix. When you're outside the matrix, you're like, you're trying to see, why the hell did he ask me that? Why would he ask me something like that? You know? And he sincerely asked it. Like, why would he ask that? And, and because that's how he is. Like, he is, he is he's asking people questions. When he realizes there might be something that you know that I don't know, he's going to humble himself and say, hey, what would I have to do to be successful at that? And, um, and you have to have a certain level of confidence to, to, and self, self-esteem to know that you're not smart at everything, you know? And so I think that these are the things that make you a great networker is you learn how to leverage the moments and not just become the fanboy or fangirl. Because like I said before, that's what everyone's doing, right? So the, the smart people are doing something different. You know what I call it? I'll call it smart networking yeah yeah that's true i'm you know i'm totally amazed by this conversation we had and about especially about networking and uh, yeah so yeah i do have a lot of questions so but you know one piece of advice for me as as you know i'm into digital sales i'm into digital marketing uh, currently 19 and you know the time you yeah. started out so what piece of advice yeah. would, would like to give me? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the same advice. So I had um, two young kind of 20-year-olds join my coaching program last year, and um, they both quit. And they quit because the exact advice I gave them, which is, it's actually hilarious that the exact thing I told them is literally what held them up. And that is, that is this. So, you know, everyone, um, especially younger millennials, are – it's, it's really easy and you, you hear a lot about focus on your, you know, your, um, your strengths, double down on your strengths, leverage your genius. And this is totally true. Okay. 
but I found that like, this is not the thing that holds people back. Okay. If you think about like a chain, like a, like a metal chain, if you pull and put pressure on that chain, it's not all the strong links that break It's the one weak link that breaks. So you can have all these great moments of genius and all these great, like, you know, strengths and skills, but when the pressure is on, which is what happened to these two people last year, when the pressure is on, it's the, the insecurities or it's the little things that they're not good at and that they're not willing to face and work on that, that caused their business to fail, you know? And, and, um, and so what I tell young people is really, really understand your weaknesses and do whatever you can to eliminate them, you know? And so what's, what's funny is Gary Vaynerchuk gave the same advice not that long ago at a big conference to millennials. And, and he was talking afterwards and he said, it's funny. No one wanted to hear that. It was the most unpopular thing I said, but it was the one thing I said over an hour that everyone needed to hear. And no one, like, he's like, people just didn't respond to it. And because I think also like younger millennials are used to getting like kind of beat up about stuff and you know, like it's, it, so that comment may seem a little bit negative. It's not meant to be negative at all. It's meant to be a reality check that like if somebody really wants to accelerate, you have to learn to identify where are my weak links? Because when the pressure gets on in entrepreneurship, it's not, you know, your ability to speak and deliver podcasts and do all those things that's going to break. It's going to be, you know, something that, that you're, you're not very good at. And so fixing your weaknesses is not always, this is what um, a coach of mine, Dan Sullivan would say. It's not always a, uh, a, how do you fix it? It's who a lot of times it's who. So like, uh, so he, he has this whole, he has actually has this book out that's, it's like the, um, it's, it's not the how, it's the who. And so people tend to think like, well, how do I fix it? How do I become stronger? How do I become whatever? Sometimes it's who, like who can, who can, who can I bring into my life? Who can I bring into the business? Whatever. Um, and so um, there might be a coach, there might be a, a virtual assistant, there might be whatever, right? There's like, there might be somebody that, that, takes up the slack where you're not good, but you can't ignore what you're not good at. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm trying to say is like, you, you, you can't ignore what you're not good at. For instance, um, um, like those, those two guys that I was talking to, one of them was the CEO. Okay. And one of them owned the majority of the company, but the one who wasn't the majority owner was the more dominant player. And he wanted to make all these decisions, whatever. And as their coach, what I was trying to teach them is the CEO needs to be the CEO. But he was, you know what I mean? And so, like, but the other guy didn't like it. <laughs> and so it was an insecurity of his. Like, he wanted the attention. He wanted whatever. And, and but, but I was like, I'm here to help you guys as a coach, not as a, not as a client. Or I'm, I'm here to coach you. And, and the CEO needs to learn how to be the CEO. And if not, he's going to get his company taken from him. And he had already told me that he had been through multiple really bad partnerships already. This was like the third guy he had in. And I could tell right away the reason this was the third guy is because of how he leads. And, and it wasn't his fault, but he needed to focus on that. And so as his coach, I was telling him that. And, um, and anyway, so it, it's, it's totally fine. Like, I love these guys. Bless them. Like, I'm not mad at them or whatever. Um, and I'm not calling them out. That's why it's not important who they are or anything like that. Um, 
but and by the way if i was on an american podcast i wouldn't be talking about this because it's i'm not trying to call anybody out but i'm trying to be specific and give a specific scenario that that it's super common when people are young that um, because of our backgrounds and because of how we grew up and whatever, like we think like, well, I don't ever want to think about or, or work on my weaknesses, but you should take some time. And I'm talking like 10%, 15% of your time over of your week or whatever. And think like, okay, what am I not good at? And how, what do I do to supplement that? You know what I mean? Like um, if um, practically speaking, if, if <clears throat> publishing this podcast is taking up too much of your time. It may be worth you carving out 5% of your income to hire somebody to do that. Do you see what I'm saying? Because when the pressure's on, that is going to become a weak link of you're, you're not able to spend enough time being the CEO of bigger and more strategic things. And so that, you know, your time and your energy becomes a weak link. So that's like a very practical example of what I'm, what I'm talking about. I got it. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but I would say too, man, like I would say, um, you know, just from being on the show with you, I think you have a huge upside, you know, yeah. you talk very well, you have great questions. So yeah, you got a big upside, man. Thanks man. I'm just, I'm really blessed, you know, after have you on the show. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. I'm glad to be here. Okay. So any message you have for my audience? Um, <laughs> biggest thing I would say is, uh, you know, in life, I think at some point you got to realize that your, your life is finite. You know, you're, you're only here a certain amount of days. Like if you calculate 80 years and how many days that is, it's a lot less days than you think. People think, Oh, I'm going to be in the, on the world a million days. No, you're not. Like if you calculate, it's not that many days. It's five figures. It's not that many. It's, it's low five figures. So what I would just say to people is at some point you better figure out how to make that big jump and go after your biggest, wildest dream before you leave this earth, 